Hello, everyone. Nope, gonna try that again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the original How It's Made Rewatch podcast. I'm a fifth-century Irish bishop who left Ireland, Saint Expatrick, and I'm also your host, Yanni. And this is why it's made. I really don't know whether that opening joke landed, but whatever, you know, you win some, you lose some. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I have two, I'm possibly like good news, bad news situation going on. The good news is I'm actually sober this episode. I've decided to stop drinking, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I just didn't like how much I was drinking, and especially having to sit down and edit my own podcasts where I was clearly drunk, I decided that I think I should give the old booze just like a little bit of a, just put it down for a while. We'll see. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm feeling good. I've been able to go this time by either just denying drinks or tricking my friends into thinking that I'm drinking, but actually drinking something else. Uh, the bad news is I am actually alone today. I don't have anyone, uh, guest starring with me. I was supposed to have Willie on the podcast for this week, but, um, as you could probably tell by my late posting of the podcast, that things are a little busy at the moment. And, uh, it was a little tough to get Willie into a room. I didn't even ask him because I didn't even have time. Um, but no matter, he would be happy, I'm sure, to come on any time. I'm sure he's a little busy with school as well. And I also wanted to just nail down getting the best possible audio quality f- for my guests because with Demi and uh, Christian, you know, the audio quality wasn't at its best, and that I do take full responsibility for that. So I thank you guys for listening to those episodes, and we'll see. I. I I want to get this mixing board from Rode, which I think is Australian, but until I can afford that, because it's about $800 American, until I can afford that and get that, I think I might just commit to doing a few solo eps, but once I get that, it's going to be all balls to wall, party, party time. So I guess, well, actually, there's a few things that I wanted to talk to about. I wanted to, you know, how is everyone doing? I hope everyone's going well. I am going okay, super busy, Um, but, you know, last week... If we were doing a rosebud thorn, my thorn was definitely getting kind of left on a date. Um, I didn't get stood up because the person attended the date. And in a sense, getting stood up would have been better, I think, because the date actually came and then left halfway through the date. So it's actually fully he just did not want to want to interact with me. Because of my personality, I assume, or maybe how I looked. Let me paint the scene for you, though. So we had been chatting for a while, and we decided to go meet up somewhere. And I wanted to get into one place that was really good at cocktails, but it was too late for us to uh, go there because of the reservations. And I had already canceled on this guy once. No, not canceled. Gave him a rain check. And then, so I picked this other restaurant, which Christian works at the uh, like the partnered restaurant with this one it's all under the same group christian works at the italian one and there's a french one nearby and i decided to go there 
super fancy, but that's okay. I mean, he works for Google and I was like, whatever, I'm sure we can just get drinks. So I get us a table inside and he messaged me and he was like, I'm here. And I'm like, oh, I'm inside. And he was like, oh. And then I was like, shit, he probably, he may not feel comfortable sitting inside, which I like is fine because I guess he just doesn't feel comfortable. I really wasn't thinking about it that I've been vaccinated. So I wasn't super on top of that. So I had to ask the hostess to move our table outside. And then things just went downhill. He was not interested in me at all. He did not attempt conversations. He rolled his eyes at several things that I said. He was not happy with the table next to us because they were being loud and they dropped. uh, I think one guy stood up and his chair backed over and he apologized because it made a loud noise and he apologized to the guy that I was, you know, on this date with. And the guy who I was on the date with just rolled his eyes and scoffed at the guy and I had to step in and be like, oh no, that's fine, you know, it's okay. And so I was like really getting bad vibes and I was honestly running through my head, should I just like be straightforward with this guy and be like, look, clearly like things aren't working out right now, we should just, you know, save us the money and just part ways. But then I was like, no, maybe he'll warm up or maybe he's nervous or something. But he was texting on his phone the whole time and well not just his phone also his apple watch and then uh i was like oh my god i bet he's texting someone to call him because he was very much on his phone he was texting someone to call him to make up an excuse for him to leave i was like i bet that's what's happening anyway so someone calls him and i'm like all right and he answers it and he kind of laughs his way through it a little And then he hangs up, and I know straight away that it's going to be something where he has to leave. And sure enough, it is. His his dog, his puppy that he got, is apparently vomiting, and this is the first time that he left it on its own. And, I mean, I should have really just said something then and there, but then I was like, ugh, it's fine. You know what? He wants to leave, and I was thinking about leaving anyway. He just did it in a more cowardly way, I might say. And so I was like yeah, yeah, you go, you go, it's fine, it's fine. And he's like, we should meet up next week and go get coffee or something. And I was like, yeah, 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 you go, you go, it's fine. We hadn't ordered anything. And uh, he left. And I had to go up to the hostess, and I said to her that he made up one of those lies and that I basically just got ditched on my date. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry, And I said, it's fine. And then I walked away. And then that was my night the other week. So it's been a rough week, but definitely not a, yeah, that was the thorn, you know, that wasn't something that I enjoyed, but I didn't like the guy anyway. So no harm, no foul. I went home and I blocked him on Instagram and never had to deal with him again. So it's fine. And I can't be bothered thinking of a bud or a rose for the week. So you know what? Let us get straight into it. Let me pull up the episode and we'll get rocking. I'm sorry for saying that. Oh, you know what actually is the rose of my week? The Oscar nominations came out, which is super exciting. And I'm super happy for all the nominees. Like there's actually a really good, diverse, talented group of people nominated this year. And I'm super duper happy about it. There were like 
two female directors and like people of color up the wazoo and I was just super happy at I don't know whether like it's just so nice to see it finally we you know changed since Oscars so white in 2016 and I'm not saying that all the problems with Hollywood are fixed but it's just kind of nice to see that change especially with the fact that we have you know two female directors I believe two female directors there may be more I can't remember off the top of my head let me just look it up right now so I'm not so embarrassed yeah I was right there were two but and one of those female directors is also a person of color so I'm just like this is amazing and then yeah it's just such a good lineup and I'm looking forward to this year's uh, Oscars because I'm also gonna have a party that will double as my birthday because it happens the day after my birthday so birthday party Oscars themed I'm gonna do it all right so the first one this week is kayaks I am a fan I'm a fan of kayaks, you know. I have been kayaking a few times. Mainly, I would say that my experience with kayaks is actually canoeing. It just seems like something that, being growing up in Australia, you get lots of opportunities, I feel, to be able to uh, kayak or canoe, just given the kind of landscape, especially if you live in one of the outer, on the edge of Australia, which a lot of people do. There are some people in the middle and landlocked cities, but... I think a majority of the population is on the coasts, so you will get plenty of opportunities to go kayaking. And my school, growing up, we went camping every year with our school, and sometimes a part of those camps would be kayaking. This one camp that I did, which was voluntary, it involved camping from like the mountains to the Bay Area. It went for two weeks, and I hated every single second of it. I was in grade nine at the time, I think, and I had volunteered to do it because I heard that the person who did that won this special award at the end of the year. Um, And my logic was behind that, oh, the person who won this award last year went to this camp, so if I go, I'm going to win this award because I had this complex that I never won awards, and I still haven't really won that many awards. And so I went on this trip, got super duper homesick, like unbelievably homesick. There were two, two kids from my school who went, me and this other guy. The other guy got sent home forcibly because he, oh my God, what did he do? He got like a hand job in, in one of the tents or something like that. So they were like, he got yelled at by the camp administrator or whatever. And he got sent home. And then I decided that I was too homesick and I didn't want to finish the stupid thing. So I also went home during this time. Uh, So, you know, we represented our school really well. And then, funnily enough, a couple of weeks later, I was going to Japan with my school. And I had no trouble being away from my family then. It was just on this camp because I really didn't like it. And I didn't really like the people there. Um, A lot of the people there were from country towns. And I was from a slightly bigger town. And funnily enough, they gave me shit for being from a city town. But a large portion of that camping trip was kayaking. So I do have some experience, although these ones that are getting made in the How It's Made episode are massive. They are so long. And the funny thing about how it's made on these things is they start off as powder because they're melting down like, I don't know, silicon or something. I wasn't really listening when I was watching, which seems to be a running theme. But the basic process is 
put them into a steel mold, the the powder, heat it up, melt it down, and then let it cool, and then you've basically got the canoe. And then there's this craftsmanship to it. They put on some decals. They carve off the finishing, what is it called, like trimmings, I guess. And then they just do some, you know, they screw in the handles, all that jazz. I can't say that I'm in love with the idea of, of canoeing, but being a super-duper Meryl Streep fan, I've seen all her films. And she stars in a film that directly involves kayaking. Uh, that may be a massive lie. Actually, it's a river rafting, but I think that's close enough. It's called The River Wild. Let me read the description here. Fast-paced thriller in a young... Oh, fuck. I already fucked it up. Fast-paced thriller in which a young family on a white water rafting adventure in Montana are taken hostage by a pair of dangerous fugitives. The rafting holiday, a birthday gift for the New England couple's 10-year-old son, turns into a nightmare when the two armed killers take control and try... Hold on. I gotta click the more button. Try to force the mother, a proficient... <laughs> a proficient rafter, to use her skills to help them to escape down the treacherous rapids. Wild. Wild, wild, wild story. This is the period in Meryl's career where she's leaving her prestige Oscar time. She has this brief period where she does like these action slash comedies. Because like you'll remember early on in her career, she has her big Oscar ones, you know, Kramer versus Kramer and Silkwood and Sophie's Choice and the French Lieutenant's Woman and all this stuff. And it gets to a point where the public is like, all right, I mean, like, come on. And then when we hit the 90s, well, actually, it starts more in like 89 with She-Devil. And as we move into the 90s, she does these series of like... Um, comedy slash, you know, more just like a relaxed sort of Meryl. You know, we get like you're defending your life, the River Wild, um, the House of Spirits, which is not good. I wouldn't recommend that one, but it's pretty funny. Um, and then it kind of like that kind of reaches its point when we get to the bridges of Madison County. And then we get into, a, a again, a more prestige Meryl. And then we eventually hit uh, Untouchable Meryl, which is probably around the time of Devil Wears Prada, where she's, like, icon level, like, you know, untouchable. But, yeah, so apart from my own rafting experience, that's really my only exposure to it, which... Oh, wait, you know what I also... It's not really rafts, but I joined crew when I went to NYU, and I did not ever make it to the water. I attended one training session... And I was like, fuck this, because I'm not a morning person. And they were asking me to get up at 5, no, be on the water at 5 a.m. On the fucking Hudson River, no less. Like, Lord help me if I flipped the, the whatever they row and fall into the Hudson River. I've already spent too long on this episode. The next one is safety boots. All right, so I would like to say with the safety boots one, they don't start at the very beginning of how it's made because they already have the hide, which I guess making the hide is a different how it's made episode. And maybe it's not appropriate. Like maybe I doubt they ever really show slaughterhouses or anything like that on how it's made because it's not that type of program. But I am a little fascinated with how the hides are gotten, but probably wouldn't really want to see that. But basically, the boot starts off with the hide, which is the uh, the leather. 
and they just flatten it. Now, I've never owned work boots like this because I wouldn't say that I've actually ever worked in an environment that would garner work boots like this. If I had have been maybe a stage manager, which is kind of close to my profession, I may have needed safety boots. I'm pretty sure in the theater you have to wear safety boots with the steel caps because, I don't know, things can fall, sets are heavy. And uh, I had a f- close friend who, that was her degree, and she loved her fucking steel cap boots, and I've never owned a pair. Although this year, I indulged around Christmas time. I say indulged, I, my, my parents got me them for Christmas. And I bought myself some Doc Martens, which my father wears all the time as his, as his work boots. He's quite the trend center, although mine are a little cooler than his because mine are high top kind of ones, the classic workman's boot. And I think he wears like the ones that don't have like your ankle is exposed, which is a little more saucy, but I don't know. He's, they seem to work for him, which is good. And they're probably, he definitely probably has the steel cap ones. I do not mine. You could, you could step on my toes and believe me, people do step on my toes, but there is actually a surprising amount of hand craftsmanship to making the boot which I I guess I was kind of expecting. I think boot makers, you know, I think there's a long history behind them, maybe. I feel like in medieval time there are boot people or whatever. And there is a lot of craftsmen to it. A lot of it is obviously aided by machines, but, you know, you see an episode with some people in it and you get a little excited. Because some of these episodes, I swear you just don't see a single person. I don't know how you thought a shoe would get made, but it basically gets made by the top first and then applied the sole, which is kind of like life, you know? We get our bodies and then we get applied a sole. These are nice. Oh, it gets hand painted, which is nice. These aren't docks that they're making. They're making some sort of just like workman boot. Still fascinating. And the laces, oh my God, they're hand done. Someone fucking puts the laces in themselves. Ugh. And then it gets a tag, and then it gets put in a box by humans. It does take a long time. I remember them saying, oh my god, this whole time I've had my earbuds in, and it's not been plugged into my microphone. I've just been sitting here with earbuds in my ear that lead nowhere like an idiot. Oof, okay. This next one is electronic signs. Signs. Yanni signs. It's my name. (laughs) That just really entertained me just then, but it's not even that funny. These are like, they're not neon signs, they're like the signs you would see at a football game, where they're like little LED lights, I believe, and they're, the lights are big compared to like your TV or your computer, but these screens are massive and they're meant to be seen from far away. So I would, my, you know, I would see these sort of things at football games. And when I say football, I mean rugby which I know is confusing, but whatever, I don't care. Footy. And they would like, you know, show the football field and the commercials and the little advertisements when they would happen. I'm trying to think where else you would see these sort of TVs. I feel like casinos would have them. Oh, they're also definitely like the ones that re- Oh, hit my elbow. They're also definitely like the ones that you see when uh, traffic is getting redirected. Yes, the ones that are like, working people ahead, slow down, or whatever. That's definitely these signs as well. Although these ones are quite intricate. They can be 
they can show really nice images. I don't think the ones on the roads can really do that. I think they can just do letters. They may be more like light bulbs put together and programmed to light up. These are really much smaller than that and can do colors. Now this sort of shit is super fascinating because they're like assembling it on like motherboard with all the computer trips and all that shit. And I don't think they really even bother explaining why or how it's done. They're just kind of like, oh, it's more like how it's assembled, not how it's made because we're not really watching how the light works or anything like that necessarily. We're just watching how it's assembled, which is fine by me because I barely understand how it's assembled. There's just like seems to be a lot of plugging in. You know, when I was little, I would get real close to the TV and I'd just put my forehead on it and then I would see, try to see the individual lights. You know, the TVs had a back to it and, you know, kind of bulged out a little. I assume you can still go up to like maybe a normal TV or something and see the lights. You definitely can't do it on your laptop, I don't think. Well, I guess if you lean in super close, you may be able to see the lights. Not really though. This process, super handmade. Even though they're assembling it and it's not really making, it's it seems to be all people just p plugging things in, um, what is it called, fusing or whatever with a little like thing. That's also a big part of this. And so they do like a grid of lights and then they attach those grids of lights to more lights. So you've got a larger grid of lights and it just keeps happening like that. And they build and build and build. And it takes weeks just to do like one, let's say like the football stadium lights things. Because of the handmade craftsmanship, I assume to it all, it takes, you know, weeks to just build one of those. Oh God, how big would these be? Judging by that man, let's say he's like five and a half feet tall. They're probably like nine, 10 feet in height, and then probably like 12 or 15 feet wide. But obviously people get to different sizes. Like this one, the, the TV that they're putting on right now is an image of a fish tank. So that might go to like, I don't know. It's probably just the image they're having so they can test it, but it could go to like a casino or something. I, I'm stuck, I seem to be stuck on the idea of it being in a casino. And I think that's just because this is where I would see a TV like this. I would not really be at a football game. Oof, and the last segment is Serial, and he has some relatable content at the beginning. I was saying earlier how I'm not much of a morning person, and he gets me. Let me play a little bit of that. I've never been an early riser, but hey, I've got to eat. So I have a bowl for breakfast, a snack bar on the run. Thankfully, the goodness of cereal comes in many forms. So we're starting off with cereal, and he gives... It's got... There's always a little, sometimes a history portion to how it's made, and they talk about how, like, cereal was used as medicine or something. And I knew this independently from this. Oh, so the cereal that he, they're talking about specifically is cornflakes, so like Kellogg's. And they go into the history of Kellogg's a little bit about the brothers and all that shit. And they say that it was used for medicine. And I'm pretty sure this is one of those facts that I just seem to know where it's like it was used to treat masturbation or something like that. Like that's the weird history of cornflakes. Also that they were discovered, it's like, fuck, I can't remember how, exactly how. It was something like they left out something and it got a little stale and moldy and they ate it anyway. And they were like, shit, this is actually quite good. And such, you know, cornflakes were made. And there's a little bit of tension, you know, behind the brothers because... 
one made it and the other took it and like sold it and then there was like a dispute over who invented the cornflakes. I believe this is all coming from my memory. I did not bother to look any of this up. So it's like hearsay from myself. The process is actually really quick. So quick that they couldn't even fill a whole five minute segment. So they show you like the process in which they get the grains and they make it into the cornflake kind of thing and then they shake it and they move it around and then by like two minutes into like a full five minute episode they're basically like and the cornflakes are ready to be packaged up and they get shoved into this plastic bag and I guess they were like shit what else are we gonna do oh wait no there's this part where they tumble it and they spray they say they spray vitamins on it now I don't know about you but what the fuck kind of vitamins are they spraying onto it I guess I don't know, um, what vitamins do you get in cereal? I have no idea. I'm, I don't eat much cereal at the moment, but I love cereal. And I know you're all going to hate me for this one, but I am a, I'm going to be controversial yet brave and say that my favorite cereal is Raisin Bran. And I also do like raisins in my muffins and my cupcakes. And that's such an unpopular opinion, but everyone can just go to hell with their chocolate chip cookies or whatever. Because, you know, raisins are fucking awesome and I, I don't know, support Californian economy. So I guess I'm just like brave like that. But also part of this episode is showing you how, because they also make cereal bars, which I guess are just like muesli bars. And it is exact, like, I could have told you how muesli bars were made, you know? It's just a big old machine, shits them out onto this conveyor. The shit gets flattened, covered in... This particular brand gets covered in caramel and they put in ugh, they put in uh, chocolate chips and then they cover it in caramel, 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 Car- caramel. I don't know how to say it in my accent or an American accent. Um, and then they cover it in chocolate, which I'm like, yeah, sure. That's a bar. That's how they're made. I We're going to get to a candy bar episode, I bet. And it's going to be exactly like this. And you know what? They're going to be like, we, we couldn't show you the specific recipe for this because it's a secret. I'm like, shut up. No one cares really that much. But this scene, there's this scene where it's like, because everything's on conveyors and speeding along. It did remind me of that scene from uh, Monsters, Inc. with the doors. If you know, you know. If you don't, then shut up. Go watch Monsters, Inc., I guess. They're making so many bars. So many bars. Wow. It really just shoots them out. All right, that's enough for this episode. I, well, I apologize that it was late, but I'm so glad that you all were, you uh, uh, stuck around to listen. And I hope you enjoyed my little rant at the beginning. And, you know, I probably won't have anyone on next week, although maybe I'll reach out to Willie and see what he says. But I really do want to get the audio quality better for you guys. Not that, that when I say you guys, I mean my mom. Uh, but she doesn't complain. She's like, it's great. I love it. She doesn't even notice the audio, the poor audio quality. And that's why I love her. All right. So this has been a fun app. Lots of talking. And thank you guys as always for listening. You can find me on Instagram at, at Yanni Signs. You can find me on Twitter at the same place. Basically anywhere. Even Letterbox, which has the movies. There's the movies application. Find me everywhere. YouTube, Yanni Signs. And I will see you next week. Okay, bye-bye.